Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sports Illustrated's Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Today, tennis at a crossroads. SI senior writer John Wertheim will be with us to break down the fallout from the French Open's decision without consultation to set a new date for their postponed tournament in the fall. And not everyone is happy about it. How will the rippling discontent affect the tennis world? Seasons have been suspended, events have been cancelled, and until recently, none had been officially rescheduled. Then, the Fédération Française de Tennis moved the French Open from May to September, without consulting the rest of the tennis world. So what happens now? How is the fabric of the game and the tennis community affected? And most importantly, could this decision reverberate elsewhere in sports? Joining us now is Sports Illustrated senior writer John Wertheim. John, thanks so much for joining us. The French Open has been postponed and rescheduled to be played September 20th through October 4th of this year at Roland Garros. How did such a big event come to lock down its new scheduled date so suddenly? That is a great question that a lot of tennis is asking itself. Uh, tennis is a notoriously fractured sport, and a global pandemic uh, is not causing people to come together. The, the short answer to your question is that the French Open organizers said, we're not going to be able to play this event when it's usually scheduled, which is the last week of May, first week of June. We need to hold this event, and here's where we're going to hold it. And there may be other conflicting events. There may be other tours that have tournaments that weekend. You know what? We think players are going to come play our event and we're willing to take that risk. So this was done unilaterally. I mean, this was the, the Super Bowl saying, you know what? We're going to hold this thing in July and we're the Super Bowl. So two teams are going to show up and the broadcast partners are going to follow. So this was uh, very much a, a unilateral decision. Everybody was sort of blindsided, but right now it looks like the French Open is going to be held in the fall. 
Logistically speaking, obviously, uh, begs so many questions, but what kind of impact will this have on the players who will now be expected to choose between participating in the French Open and the Labour Cup and, of course, other uh, events between then? What, what's the impact on them? You know, I, I think players are rational actors. And as long as the French Open is offering $50 million in prize money, as long as you can lose in the first round and make $50,000, I think players are going to follow the money. And, you know, a $50 million player pot is going to draw players. There's also the prestige. I mean, players are playing for these major events. And I suspect we're not going to see boycotts. I think players are going to roll their eyes and they're going to be a little bit put out that we're going to have this major being played in late September, in October, a strange time of the year. But I also think players are going to follow the money. I, I think we should add, though, all of this presupposes life will be back to normal. And right now it's very much a theoretical argument because who knows where we're going to be in late September, in early October. But right now, that's when the French Open is scheduled. And I suspect the players are going to follow the money and they're going to follow the prestige. And they would rather play this big event than not have it staged at all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, you've pointed this out in the past. Um, tennis, as other sports such as golf, um, you know, so focused on the individual. So in the scheme of professional athletes, tennis players might be the most adversely affected by COVID-19. Why is that, do you think? Yeah, I think individual sport athletes really have it rough, that there aren't unions the way there are in major team sports. There aren't guaranteed contracts. There aren't the insurance policies that you have in the big four leagues. And I've talked to a number of tennis players in the last week or so, and some of their concerns are just sort of staying in shape and not knowing when they're going to go back to work. I mean, it's very much the same concerns that we have. And another one is financial. And their expenses have gone down. They're not traveling all over the world to play events, but they have trainers, they have physios, they have coaches they're supporting. And this window to make a living is fairly brief in an individual sport. So this is really taking a, a pretty significant toll on these athletes. It's not as though they have a guaranteed NBA contract and the, you know, that the checks are still going to get direct deposited into their account. A lot of players are really having to rethink their finances. Aside from tennis, does this set a precedent for other big sporting events You know, in between, after, before? What kind of fallout or ripple effect could we expect in tennis and in sports in general at large? It's a great question because right now I, I likened it to the, the guy ahead of you at Trader Joe's who's buying eight boxes of pasta. And it may not seem like the most collegial and the most humanistic act, but at the same time, he's thinking, I got to look out for me. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, the Olympics are going to be very, very interesting, but all sorts of events. If you're the UFC and you can't hold a card in Brooklyn, do you go look somewhere else to hold that card? And again, team sports, it's a very different model and you have a league and you have member franchises you have players with guaranteed contracts. I think in other sports, dates are very much up for grabs. I mean, we see the, you know, the Kentucky Derby has been postponed to September. That's going to have an impact. We'll see when the Masters gets held. 
Uh, right now, this is just absolutely, we keep using this word unprecedented, and I can't stress it enough. There is no precedent here. There is no historical analog that any athlete, any league, any sports governing body can rely upon. This is just completely uncharted territory, and especially in individual sports where you don't have this firm governance model, it's kind of every man for himself. It's a land grab out there. Sports Illustrated senior writer John Wertheim. John, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. So it turns out tennis might offer a glimpse into the ways the coronavirus is impacting athletes everywhere on an individual level. When your income and ability to compete is strictly tied to travel, tournaments and price money, there just isn't much of a safety net. This raises similar questions about the X Games, golf, the Olympics and much more. As for the French Open, the somewhat unpopular decision to move the tournament might have unsettled some, but if tennis's grandest event can be cavalier about life after coronavirus, maybe it's a comforting reminder that some sports are too big, even in a pandemic, to disappear entirely. Thanks to John Wertheim for joining me today. Subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow us for the latest episodes. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.